0: content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.
1: It's Wellness Wednesday. Brought to you by Cardio Miracle. For your heart, for your health. Visit them online at cardiomiracle.com. And now, welcome to One Life Radio
0: to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Villaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We are honored to say that we've got Dr. Robert Malone back with us today. Um, and let me officially say hello to him before I read his bio. Dr. Malone, welcome back to One Life Radio. How are you?
1: I'm great, and thanks for having me back on. It was a lot of fun last time, and I look forward to today.
0: Uh, well, and I hope we can have a lot of fun today. We've got some serious stuff to talk about and some fun stuff as well. Uh, for those of you who perhaps, I don't know how you couldn't know who Dr. Robert Malone is, but he is an internationally recognized scientist and is the original inventor of the mRNA vaccination, DNA vaccination, and multiple non-viral Uh, DNA, RNA, mRNA delivery technologies. He holds numerous fundamental domestic and foreign patents in the fields of gene delivery, delivery uh, formulations, and vaccines including DNA, RNA, and mRNA vaccines. His expertise includes virology, immunology, molecular biology, pathology, and pharmacology. uh, Scientifically trained at UC Davis and uh, UC San Diego and at the Salk Institute Molecular biology, and virology laboratories. Dr. Malone received his medical training at Northwestern University and Harvard University clinical research postgraduate fellowship, medical schools, and in pathology at UC Davis. He is currently finishing up his board certification as a board-certified medical affairs specialist, and Dr. Malone has approximately 100 peer-reviewed publications and published Abstracts and has about 12,000 citations of his peer. Reviewed publications as verified by Google Scholar. Uh, he is the author of the Wall Street Journal best selling book, Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Ahead, a guide that breaks down the lies about COVID 19 and sheds light on why we came to believe them. His website is Malone That's Malone And you can find him on Substack, uh, Twitter, Truth Social, Gab and Getter at RW Malone MD. Welcome back again Dr Malone. <laughs> That's quite a mouthful, right?
1: <laughs> Thanks. And and now uh, we have over 850 Substack articles out. Yay. Wow. So I can add that to the CV. I,
0: I have to say, I subscribe to your Substack um, blog, and it's 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 amazing, you guys. In fact, if we get time, uh, there's one that he wrote a couple of days ago that is all about homesteading, finding a home, a few nuts and bolts involved in finding your own bit of paradise, if we can get to it. But, you know, I think uh, as we get into this, our our topic today is how many people died from COVID versus Uh, um, of COVID between 2020 and 2022. So let's start off with that. Um, And so, Dr. Malone, you recently reposted an article on Substack by Dr. Reed Jeed Sheftal breaking down the formula used by the World Health Organization and the U.S. government to justify the lockdowns and mandates put in place around the world. What formulas were they using?
1: Well, um, what seems to have happened at a high level is uh, that uh, the ways that deaths were being counted uh, in Western, uh, in European countries, Western European countries in the United States was really biased. They were very, I'll call it promiscuous or inclusive. And Uh, Furthermore, in the case of the United States, as I spoke about on Rogan so long ago, Mm -hmm. there were these perverse financial incentives because hospitals and and physicians were paid extra by the government uh, uh, through a a program if someone could be uh, designated as having COVID. And the way that that was done was the use of a very uh, promiscuous PCR test. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, the punchline is that our data on COVID deaths in the United States and much of Europe is really skewed because uh, anything that could be that was a death and had evidence of uh, nucleic acid Uh, So this is the genome of the virus, Mm
2: -hmm. which,
1: by the way, persists for a very long period of time. So you could have had COVID weeks before and you still would have an RNA signal that would Mm -hmm. be detected on PCR. And you get shot in the head or you have a car accident or whatever the thing is, and you come into the hospital and die. Uh, You could be called a COVID death and then the hospital would get the bonus. And so uh, this when we hear. The Government talking about a million deaths in the United States, or Johns Hopkins, who uh, were the main perpetrators of this really fraud. Uh, um, what what we're talking about, what we're what we're being propagandized with, is a gross overestimate of the actual number of deaths. Mm-hmm. And just to recap, all this goes back to modeling at the Imperial College in London. Uh, that we were going to have 3.4% case fatality rate. That means if you got the virus, um, uh, three and a half out of every hundred would die. Mm-hmm. Now that was that was false, mm. a lie. It was mm-hmm. not true. Um, and uh, Jay Bhattacharya showed very early that this wasn't true at Stanford by doing some simple uh, um, epidemiology where he went around in Palo Alto, basically, and collected data on how often people were PCR positive, and he could show that uh, there was a very, very large number of people that were PCR positive, and a relatively small number that were dying. So it was clear from the outset that this number was fake. And uh, let's say, coincidentally, giving the benefit of the doubt, it just happened to be the same number that was used in event the event 201 war gaming that happened in the fall of 2019 Mm -hmm. uh, estimate of 3.4% case fatality rate. So we had these two things um, and that was kind of where the world leaders in this area and particularly WHO thought we were going to be at. We were going to three to four out of every hundred people infected were going to die. Well, that's a huge number. That's a major tragedy.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: And, and so, if those are the numbers, then it makes more sense to throw away the rule book
2: mm-hmm.
1: in order to try to jam something through the system like a vaccine,
2: yeah
1: that might might reduce that and I guarantee if we had three point four percent case fatality rate, people would have been lining up around the block
2: mm-hmm. to take
1: a crummy vaccine
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that's just you know it's been the case with uh smallpox for instance and and it's the case with yellow fever outbreaks in Brazil. Uh, you know, yellow fever is a nasty vaccine, but yellow fever is even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's that's just the reality of the situation. So we were all told this lie about the case fatality rate and in parallel,
0: mm. you know, you
1: in you... China, Go ahead. in China. In China, what they did was they imposed all these authoritarian measures because, hey, they're, they're China. of um, uh, masking and lockdowns and, you know, screwing your door closed mm. if you had a positive PCR test and all that kind of stuff. And in parallel – and they had a very low case fatality rate compared to what the West was uh, describing. Mm-hmm. And so logically, people concluded, oh, we have to do what the Chinese are doing even though all the prior policy up to that point was like, don't do this. Uh, don't do these non-pharmaceutical interventions. They won't work of lockdowns and masking, et cetera. But they threw all that out the window because the Chinese seemed to be getting a good response.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what they didn't recognize was that the Chinese, while well, we were using a very, let's say, open-ended or promiscuous uh, definition of COVID death, where any death that had any PCR signal was considered a COVID death. The Chinese were exactly the opposite. They were really stringent. And you had to check the box on a number of characteristics, uh, including clinical signs and symptoms, a history of contact, uh, um, molecular diagnosis, etc. cetera. And so their numbers were really small, because even if you had COVID, if you didn't check all the boxes, you didn't have COVID mm-hmm. officially. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what the WHO said, saw was very low numbers at, in China, very uh, totalitarian response in China. And they assumed that A caused B. But it was absolutely not the case. It was an artifact of how the West was defining death from COVID and how the Chinese were defining death from COVID. But they, WHO and our leadership here in the United States, uh, basically in the the heat of the moment and all the fear that was being promoted, uh, said, oh, we need to do what the Chinese are doing. And that's how we got to these over-the-top, non-pharmaceutical interventions, you know, Mm -hmm. starting with two weeks to flatten the curve, Mm -hmm. uh, um, through extended lockdowns, vaccine mandates, mask policy that doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. And all of this uh, propaganda to try to get people to take a product that was neither safe nor effective,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: jamming through uh, um, pharmaceutical interventions like remdesivir that now Children's Health Defense is suing Gilead for false uh, advertising because right. uh, they disclosed the um, renal toxicity. And I remember clearly people were dying like flies in the hospital mm-hmm. from two things, remdesivir and overventilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, those were government mandated mm-hmm. and enforced. And uh, another thing was that hospitals were given financial incentives to dose with remdesivir. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's astounding what has happened. You know, it really is astounding. We have to go for a quick break and we're going to pick up right where we left off. Everyone stay tuned. More coming up with Dr. Robert Malone. How many people died from COVID versus of COVID between 2020 and 2022? That's our topic today. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, parakeet <laughs> Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body, yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part, Ancient Minerals is part of Enviromedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at enviramedica.com.
1: Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers, it's One Life Radio.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Robert Malone. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, Dr. Robert Malone is an internationally recognized scientist and is the original inventor of mRNA vaccination, DNA vaccination, and multiple non-viral DNA and RNA mRNA delivery technologies he holds numerous fundamental domestic and foreign patents in the fields of gene delivery delivery for, or delivery formulations and vaccines including DNA R, and RNA and mRNA vaccines. His expertise includes virology, uh, immunology, molecular biology, pathology, and pharmacology. He is also the author of the Wall Street Journal best-selling book "Lies My Government Told Me" and "The Better Future Coming," a guide that breaks down the lies about COVID-19 and sheds light on why we came to believe them. His website is maloneinstitute.org. That's maloneinstitute.org, or you can find him on Substack, uh, Twitter, Truth social gab and getter at rw malone md that's rw malone md we're talking about how many people died from covid versus of COVID between 2020 and 2022. So um, Dr. Malone, uh, Dr. Sheftal uh, uses a histogram from Sweden that compared recorded average number of deaths in 2020 and 2021 to the average number of deaths between the timeframe of 2015 to 2019. What are some of the interesting findings from this histogram about the reported surge in deaths from COVID-19?
1: Well, the big picture is and this is data. These are data from Sweden and Sweden in many ways represents a control group for the rest of the world, because although they did vaccinate, uh, they didn't have the rigorous mandates and some of the other things. They were more you remember the criticism of the Swedes. Oh, yeah. Was that Mm -hmm. let it rip. Yeah, unquote. Yeah. Um, So the big picture is that they had a case fatality rate of something like 0.00167%. Remember, the official party line that was promoted by corporate media and by the modeling group at the Imperial College was that we had a case fatality rate of 3.4%. Quite a big
2: difference.
1: Thousands of times different. Yeah. Um, uh, And uh, um, so what is being analyzed here is excess all-cause mortality. Deviation from average death per month is basically saying excess deaths or uh, fewer deaths. We would expect to see uh, fewer deaths Mm -hmm. um, if we had an effective vaccine, for instance. We would expect to see a high number of deaths associated with the surge of the virus. And then we would expect to see a uh, reduced number of deaths after the vaccine was deployed. And uh, that's not really what we see all over the world. Uh, What we see is uh, some uh, excess all-cause mortality. In this case, we're looking at the graph for year 2020. It's peaking in April and May of 2020. Uh, And then... Uh, it's actually going into negative territory, so less than an average number of deaths in 2020 in July, August, September, and October. And it comes up a little bit. And a lot of this is related to the uh, variants that began to circulate. So you'll recall, for instance, Delta was quite toxic. Mm-hmm. And the original Wuhan strain, which I received in February of 2020, was a nasty piece of work. hmm Then what's happened is over time, the virus has evolved, particularly after the onset of Omicron. The virus has evolved to replicate more in your upper airway. Delta was replicating more in your lower airway, which tends to be more uh, toxic in humans with flu also. Uh, But with Omicron, it moved to your upper airway it became more infectious and less pathogenic and functioned as if it is a infectious vaccine in that everybody pretty much in a way developed natural immunity from having been infected by Omicron. Mm-hmm. And so you see that in this graph, you see as, as uh, these more infectious, less pathogenic variants uh, evolved, as is always the case with a new virus that's entered a new host, uh, then, then we see a reduced mortality. Now, uh, not shown in this graph, but shown by, for instance, the, the work of Ed Dowd and his colleagues and many others, mm-hmm. is that paradoxically, once the vaccines were deployed, suddenly we saw a great increase in uh, all-cause morbidity and mortality. So that's sickness and death, uh, particularly in younger age people uh, that were fully employed. Of course, these are the ones that were all subject to the mandates because if you were working, uh, you uh, generally were required to be vaccinated. Right. And these were the ones that were uh, more highly insured. And so these data first came out from the actuarial tables from the insurance industry that uh, suddenly uh, were alerted by the fact that they were seeing more than two standard deviations. That's a statistical talk for it should never happen. Uh, you know, one in a thousand years or more, uh, might we see something like this? But uh, they saw this huge, statistically significant, very significant bump in all-cause mortality that seemed to correspond with the onset of the vaccination campaigns, and particularly was happening in the people that they were insuring were the ones, which were the ones that were, required to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's not included in this table, uh, but has been included in many other data. Uh, so what's being shown here is basically that uh, the CDC uh, has relied on guidelines for defining uh, COVID-19 fatalities uh, that are uh, very different from what was used in China and uh, they changed those on March 24th, 2020. And, for instance, if you look at his figure nine, uh, he shows the total fatalities when using the new guidelines that CDC deployed in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to the old guidelines before then, which um, show a much, much lower case fatality rate or, or number of deaths, COVID-19 fatalities. So it, again, emphasizes that a lot of this fear that we were all subjected to with the messaging that we've had a million deaths and, and you know, this enormous mortality rate was really uh, false propaganda. I call it fear porn. Uh, it was false propaganda that functioned to scare the dickens out of all of us. mm mm-hmm. And functionally, whether or not that was the intention, caused us to have all kinds of uh, bizarre social behaviors, like oh, yeah. uh, refusing to uh, transplant patients unless they were vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the, you know, talk about uh, camps, uh, you know, quarantine camps uh, for the unvaccinated. Uh, statements made by various influencers that uh as far as they were concerned, the unvaccinated should die. the government saying that this is the c d c saying michelle Walensky saying that this is a uh um, an epidemic of the unvaccinated mm-hmm. uh that's that's not actually what the data showed that was all propaganda
2: right
1: uh um and uh and really over the top uh statements about what should be done. You know, uh, I don't care if the unvaccinated die. They should die. That kind of messaging.
2: Yeah.
1: Which, which uh, is, you know, clearly uh, uh, psychopathic. Uh, mm-hmm. It is. Uh, or sociopathic. It just, uh, you know, as I said on Rogan, it's barking mad. Uh, and I'm totally contrary to uh, the prin- fundamental principles mm-hmm. of medical ethics. Of uh, of a democracy, um, totally uh, dis- disregarding uh, the rights of minorities. Who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the the minority who didn't believe the propaganda that was being circulated about the effectiveness of the vaccine.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, you know,
1: all those people have been vindicated since. Yeah. Uh, the, even though the the FDA continues to insist that the vaccine is safe and effective, I I say, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um that's an entirely subjective propaganda term right uh if, if you if you list the things that the CDC and the FDA now acknowledge are adverse events myocarditis the seizures in young children mm-hmm. uh the uh, ischemic strokes uh the neuropathies uh, tinnitus all these things uh the blood clots that are are now acknowledged, the reactivation of latent DNA viruses so this is the shingles, and Epstein-Barr virus infections, et cetera, um, it's clearly not safe. Is it effective? Well, it doesn't. Uh, no one now uh, asserts that it prevents infection.
0: Right. In fact, it, it is
1: not New York State Supreme Court has determined that it doesn't stop infection or spread. Yeah. Uh, and the government is now pushed back into the corner of asserting, well, it reduces the disease that you might get. It doesn't prevent the disease. It doesn't prevent death. It reduces the severity. And now the data are contradicting that, that um, after about two to three months after taking the booster,
0: yeah, well, there's... patients
1: become more likely to develop disease or die.
0: Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, and we have to go to break again. We are blowing through this hour with Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, you can find him at maloneinstitute.org, but we will continue this broadcast right after the break. Stay tuned. You are listening to Dr. Robert Malone on One Life Radio.
1: You're listening to One Life Radio, brought to you by Cardio Miracle.
0: We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them from mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturer's documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must read, now available on Amazon. Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com.
1: Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Shetty with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Robert Malone. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Our topic today is how many people died from COVID versus of COVID between 2020 and 2022. Uh, we've talked about the hist- uh, histogram from Sweden with Dr. Shet Sheftal. Uh and so let let me ask you this, Dr. Uh, Malone. Why why was Sweden considered the control group, uh, air quotes there, for the world in regard to COVID?
1: Well, uh, it's a Western um, socialist democracy with a very good, well-developed medical system. So they have good medical records.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and uh, you'll, they were an outlier in the West, Uh uh, obviously, we have different situations, for instance in africa uh china uh, the uh, russia uh, eastern some Eastern European states. but in terms of uh most of the Western world, Sweden was the only government that kind of bucked the trend because they had an epidemiologist in charge mm-hmm. that uh, didn't buy into all of this uh, fear porn and Uh, notoriously took the position that we should allow the virus to spread within the population. It isn't that bad of a virus. And then we'll get natural immunity and we'll get through it. And we should focus on treating those that have the worst disease and not sweat this too much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, he was uh, uh, resoundingly criticized globally. Right. Uh, The government of Sweden was attacked. But now that the all-cause mortality data have come out, Sweden has pretty much the lowest all-cause mortality bump Mm
2: -hmm. associated
1: with COVID of any of the Western states. And so even though they did accept some vaccine, they didn't have a government policy of of promoting fear and uh, promoting these non-pharmaceutical interventions like uh, really severe lockdowns, mask use, and widespread requirements for uptake of the vaccine, even though people took it. Uh, and so they're the closest thing to a natural control that we have mm-hmm. in the Western world, where yeah. we have kind of a similar level of medical care In medical standards, so that's that's how we got to that point. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's true, though, that Sweden they did not do the mask mandates, right, or the social distancing during the COVID pandemic. They did not do that.
1: Yeah. So uh, the big quest, the big picture number uh, associated with this article. Remember that Johns Hopkins University and the official government position is that we had a million deaths in the United States from COVID. Mm -hmm. This author asserts from his statistical analysis that the total number of deaths from the three years of COVID-19 in the United States amounted to 171,000 with and from COVID. Mm. So uh, that's a huge difference between 171,000 and a million.
0: Yeah. Why do you think we took advice from China to enforce lockdowns and mask mandates? Why did we do that?
1: Well, that's what I was trying to describe, that uh, the – because China used a much more restrictive case definition, their numbers looked really low uh, because they were only counting a fraction, you know, one in ten from what we were counting with Mm -hmm. the same disease, the same symptoms, uh, the same criteria. So uh, the WHO in its rush – And uh, the leadership in the National Security Council, and and, uh, Pottinger is one of the key players in this, uh, who uh, was the one that brought in Deborah Burks, by the way, Mm -hmm. on advice of his uh, Chinese wife, as I recall her, Vietnamese wife that worked at CDC. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So he was in contact with a uh, high-status physician in China who was telling him that the Chinese were only seeing this low number. And officially, we were seeing this high number in the United States and northern Italy, et cetera, and all of this propaganda about, uh, you know, freezer vans full of bodies and mass graves okay. and all that stuff. And uh, um, so he apparently assumed that, as did Tedros and the leadership of the WHO, that this was because the policies that China had put in place were uh, responsible for this great reduction in uh, case fatality in in the numbers of deaths, when in fact it was that they were using a different definition. They were counting things differently. But nobody stopped to do the diligence to figure this out until recently when they looked back at it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And so they just reacted in this moment of crisis and panic saying, oh, my God, we've got to do what the Chinese are doing. Mm-hmm. Look at the great results they're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and it came in through Pottinger uh, and also through Scott Gottlieb uh, as, a, as another player in this. The committee that was being run, remember, this was all delegated to uh, Jared Kushner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has no background in infectious disease. He's a finance guy. And he kind of called together a group of his buddies and said, uh, you know, the president's giving do this. What are we going to do? And uh, they scrambled together, took whatever advice, and then uh, apparently they placed a call with Scott Gottlieb, who at this point is a former FDA commissioner, uh, consultant for the CIA, and sits on the board of directors of Pfizer. Wow. And Scott basically told them, as what the record shows, uh, that you need to impose – Uh, lockdown and other policies, infection control policies that you think are just a little bit beyond what should be done, and then you probably got it right. Mm. And so that's what they did on the basis of that advice uh, and what they were getting in terms of intelligence, false intelligence coming from China through Pottinger. Mm. And that led them to this overreaction. And the way I hear the story, is that uh, as the administration, the administration started to get a clue. Remember originally Trump was saying that it was less than 1%. Right. And Mm -hmm. then he was contradicted and everybody ridiculed him. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the official line was 3.4. And um, so the the way I hear the story is that this new uh, PR person that was brought into the White House, um, uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now, felt that he needed to have a science advisor, and so he called up somebody that he'd done a podcast with previously uh, who seemed to know something about the science of COVID mm-hmm. and brought him in as as his advisor, never actually got him employed at the White House. Uh, and uh, this person gave a uh, Ph.D. in, um, what was it, uh, evidence-based medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had never actually held a job but had been on a podcast with this guy, uh, he, upon, you know, shortly after being contacted, he gave an interview to the New York Times in which he said uh, that the uh, policy in the uh, government and the Trump administration was going to be to let it rip. Those are mm-hmm. the terms he used so akin to Sweden. And uh, the New York Times blew this story you know, for a guy that wasn't yet actually employed, mm-hmm. uh, um, blew it up. And that set the Trump administration back on their heels. They were trying to find some way to get out of this.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and suddenly they had this media storm. Uh, and that led to the whole thing being prolonged uh, much longer than it would have otherwise been because they were cowed by the attacks that were mm-hmm. they were getting from the corporate media.
2: Yeah
0: um you know it, to me anyway it's pretty obvious that this was what they call the pandemic i feel like this was planned um I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but uh, there's a lot of evidence coming out now that we didn't have four years ago, just things that we didn't know. And that includes, you know, government—I mean, uh, former President Donald Trump, you know. Uh, it was a very difficult situation that he was trying to navigate through, but I do think it was planned. And I also think that it was a, a lab lake from Wuhan. What do you say about that, Dr. Malone?
1: So I actually— Based on the receipt, the actual documents in the train of events agree with you. Now, the term pandemic, remember, was injected into the global uh, consciousness by this filmmaker, Mickey Willis, Mm -hmm. who who did this uh, um, uh, well-edited expose uh, based in large part on the work of Judy Mikovitz. Uh, in what she was telling him, somebody who used to work at the Niad and has a bit of an axe to grind, uh, you know, not a friend of Tony Fauci. Mm-hmm. But she uh, pointed out various things, as was David Martin in Plandemic 2, et cetera, uh, about uh, what had transpired and asserted that this had been a planned event. And in fact, it was in the sense that there were multiple war game uh, planning events including Event 201, held in the fall of 2019. Right. At which point there was already awareness that this seems to have jumped out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, and um, they they brought together basically uh, spooks, uh, you know, CIA folk at, at a known CIA shop at Hopkins, uh, and people that were uh, senior in... Uh, the CDC and and experience in public health, uh, military people, uh, people from media representing CNN, uh, and they did a war game uh, play acting. And they came up with a series of recommendations for how the governments throughout the world, particularly the Five Eyes Alliance nations, uh, Great Britain, Canada, uh, United States, New Zealand, and Australia, should respond to this and it was heavy-handed it was very authoritarian mm-hmm. but you know you bring together a bunch of military and cia folks what else would you expect right uh you know uh, a, a lot of kumbaya happy happy let's all hold hands <laughs> uh no yeah. you know you're gonna get a heavy-handed response uh and as the plan and, and that absolutely what the script that was developed there was followed almost to a T. a mm-hmm. so, uh, was And of course Gates was in, one of the major funders of this, of course and he was also a major funder of moderna mm-hmm. um, and and had stock in Pfizer, and so he benefited from his insider knowledge from running this scenario that he paid yeah. for. It's all very wrong, yeah uh, but that is what happened. And then in terms of the lab leak, uh, um, uh, the head of the Lancet Commission, which uh, investigated, The lab leak in the public sense uh, has recently come out um, very angry, uh, saying flat out that he was lied to, uh, that um, Ralph Barrett and EcoHealth Alliance basically uh, surrounded him with plants in the in the commission that was created uh, to examine this. Mm -hmm. And we also have the reports of. Uh, corruption and financial enticements at the CIA in their own internal commission that was set up to examine the potential laboratory origin and the surreptitious bringing in of Tony Fauci to try to influence that. This has all been you know, uh, released and discussed um, by, I think it's a Senate uh, hearing committee uh, that has identified these. It's either Senator House uh, and yeah. So we have abundant evidence now oh. that uh, the truth is that it did. Uh,
0: absolutely,
1: absolutely. Wolf- yeah, I uh, just started
0: reading uh, Rand Paul's book, and I'm looking, which is "Deception: The Great COVID Cover-Up" by Rand Paul, uh, Senator uh, Rand Paul, and also uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book that is coming out. I've already pre-ordered it. I'm waiting for it to get released the wuhan cover-up and so so much out there to know and i uh well, I have to go to break but more coming up with dr robert malone everyone stay tuned you are listening to one life radio
1: <laughs> you're listening to one life radio make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at one dot
0: the ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable gut health is the foundation of all health and just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome i have been taking enviromedica probiotics for over six years now and i encourage you to try them as well rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild harvested prebiotics visit enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products Get reconnected to the earth with EnviroMedica. That's EnviroMedica.com.
1: We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now.
0: Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Villaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Dr. Robert Malone. He is an internationally recognized scientist and is the original inventor of mRNA vaccination, DNA vaccination, and multiple non-viral DNA and RNA, mRNA delivery technologies. We're talking about how many people died from covid versus of covid between 2020 and 2022. We have a couple more minutes left here. You know, um Dr. Malone, was the actual number of deaths from covid in the US from 2020 to 2022? Or what was you 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 told us what the actual deaths were. It was like 271,000, right? As compared to what they were,
2: right?
1: According to the calculations of Dr. Sheftal, whose essay we've been discussing, mm-hmm. it was, uh, let me just make sure, I want to I get the exact number, 171,000. Oh,
0: 171,000. Okay. One, wow, that's a huge difference. Huge, as you said, from what they originally reported. And, yeah. um, you know, so what's the difference between dying from COVID and dying with COVID, Dr. Malone?
1: Well, like I said on Rogan, the easy way to think about this is uh, – so imagine you're in Chicago uh, in in the uh, rough part of town on the south side, uh, and you get a gunshot wound to the head, and they rush you to the hospital, and they uh, do the typical swab to your nose, and they come out with a PCR-positive test, um, but you die. Did you die of the gunshot wound to the head? or did you die of COVID? Mm -hmm. And under the CDC definition and the one that was employed for the financial compensation of the hospitals, the extra bonus, um, so long as they had a positive lab test, that they were detecting um, evidence of there having been virus at some point, you were uh, classified as having died from COVID, even though the truth is you died of a gunshot wound to the head. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And, you know, I was talking with someone this morning on my way here to the studio about, you know, why is mainstream media not reporting on this? If you're a journalist, <laughs> you know, why? Why are they not? And we know the answer, right? We know the answer, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. I want to hear what you think.
1: Well, so I'm a little biased right now because our next book is Cywar. War, Sovereignty, and a Rogue Government. And uh, this is a a series that we've developed of essays uh, over the last year and a half since the book came out, uh, the Lies My Government Told Me book on our substack, where we've been focusing on the propaganda. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, if you, for your listeners, uh, if, if they take a moment to look up the Church Commission, or in particular... Uh, uh, Bob Woodward's essay in Rolling Stone uh, that was published in the 70s on uh, Operation Mockingbird. What they'll find is that the CIA has infiltrated both academia and media, mm-hmm. and uh, for ever since the 40s has actively been manipulating stories in media to support whatever narrative it is that they think. Uh, best supports the interests of the government and particularly mm-hmm. the interests of the president. Mm-hmm. And so what we have in the mainstream media, the likes of uh, um, Time Magazine, historically, New York Times, Washington Post, etc., are many planet stories. Another great example, if anybody here wishes to go further into this, Read Kash Patel's new book about government gangsters, and you'll hear example after example after example of how he uses the term deep state, uh, manipulates corporate media to push out whatever storyline they want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely happened in the case of COVID. And on top of that, we've had, uh, for instance, this new reveal about the role of the Stanford Internet Observatory. And uh, prior reveals about shots heard around the world, this uh, crowd and gang stalking operation run by the CDC to attack people, physicians who were saying things that were not aligned with what the CDC wanted to be said. Uh, but in the case of the Stanford Internet Observatory Group, uh, what was done was to set up an operation to surveil the Internet. Uh, for things that might become threats to election integrity, and then uh, and this is at the time frame of the Biden versus Trump election, mm-hmm. uh, and to censor those things, uh, they put up a whole infrastructure on how to do that, uh, that involved, let's say, gently public-private partnerships, mm-hmm. and uh, then um, uh, flip that to focusing on. Uh, whether or not there was what they called disinformation, Uh, anything which was different from the official line coming from WHO or CDC uh, was to be censored. And so they actively identified people and then uh, mapped where those people were speaking uh, on social media or otherwise, and then uh, deployed all kinds of government uh, capabilities to stop uh, those people from being heard. And so that's how we ended up in the situation where uh, the only thing that was allowed to be spoken was whatever uh, the CDC or the WHO wanted to be said, mm-hmm. and we were prohibited from having any open communication. So that's how we got here. It was absolutely a government uh, campaign. Uh, Jim Jordan is the one that's released these latest things, we have the Twitter files, Uh, and soon we'll have YouTube files uh, the documentation around
0: it Dr. Malone uh, the music is playing and I just can't even thank you enough for jumping on the air with us again it's been such a pleasure and a treat for us and all of our listeners everyone out there listening I encourage you to get a copy of Dr. Malone's book Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming it's an amazing book from an amazing man and you know you're welcome back anytime you have the time. Thank you so much again, Dr. Malone, for jumping on the air with us today.
1: And thanks for having me. It's been a lot of
0: fun. Our pleasure. Absolutely our pleasure. Everyone, you know what? It's a beautiful day and, and you're not going to get it back because you get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Get out there today and make the most of it.